start of day 14 last time I was speaking to you I think it was end of day 8 so what I'll do is I'll take this opportunity to fill you in with the trials and tribulations of days 9 10 11 12 and 13 so day 9 um, I was at Nesquin uh, staying with Nancy on her um, beautiful beachfront property and the uh, it was most welcoming to have a uh, uh, an opportunity to get into the house and have a shower in the morning and have coffee, um, be nice and warm, pack up, and then head off from Nesquin. Initially, right from the outset, I was met with a over two hundred meter climb up through a uh, a forest. Uh, the actual road went inland, uh, left the coast there for a good while. And as part of that, it was into a, a more mountainous region. So that, that 200 metre climb, I went from being at sea level and quite chilly to um, stripping off layers of clothes as I was going further and further up this climb. And by the end of it, I was just sweating heaps. I um, um, Then for every incline and upward uh, movement, there is that downward. So I was able to enjoy the... The downward um, decline um, after that that massive effort of getting up to the top, and I pretty much got into Lincoln City soon after. And uh, on Facebook there is a um, PCBR group, and I had been following them for a while just to get some insight into uh, what to expect on the Pacific Coast bike route. The other um, people that were posting to there was a, a couple called Emily and Jay. It was predominantly Emily that was um, posting to the actual Facebook group. So I had asked some questions of her um, um, prior to getting on to the uh, route itself and then I pretty much kept in touch with her during the route. So um, whereas I arrived later than Emily and Jay and they started earlier, they actually went around the Olympia Peninsula, which soaked up a, a number of days. So by the time I arrived and then started make, making my way directly south, there was a an opportunity that Emily and Jay and myself would meet up, and that happened at Lincoln City. So that was great. Like, um, I spent the day with those guys, and um, uh, we made our way down towards a, um, a whale-watching part of the coast, uh, however, the bulk of the whales and the whale sightings had actually happened prior to us getting there and, and in the last month. It's only the stragglers that get seen uh, in their migratory north um, um, off the coast. Um, but Emily had done a bit of research into this area and, and she was pretty keen on a, um, a cafe 
a restaurant that served clam chowder and it was renowned in this depot bay for this clam chowder and um, so that was part of our um, beeline uh, from Lincoln City down to Depot Bay, taking some of the sites of the whale watching areas and reading some of the um, infographics of of the um, uh, coastline there. Uh, however, we got to the Chowder uh, restaurant and um, Emily and Jay a little bit um, slower at getting off their bikes and getting their helmets taken off and etc. And I sort of went into the, the restaurant and I ordered some of this um, a small serving of the clam chowder just to have a taste of it but then I had something else that would um, be higher calories and um, then when Emily and Jay went to order um, I had actually taken the last serving of clam chowder so Emily had put all this organization into it and then missed out um, by Sean's order <laughs> however we um, Jay Emily and I shared the uh, clam chowder the small serving and the um, restaurant didn't charge for it because there was a, uh, wasn't a full uh, serving left. Um, but that was that was a, a bit of an event. Um, we uh, Emily Jay and I uh, continued on to Wakanda Beach to a hiker biker campsite there, and um, I worked out the lockers at the hiker biker campsites weren't necessarily for just locking your gear up. And so you could go into town or something. This actually ends up being a like a food safe overnight. And they have got awful issues with raccoons with their very, very nimble little claws, um, somewhat like fingers, that can get into zips and um, uh, undo clasps and get into the food of panniers, of bike panniers. Um, and where they can't, they, they then tend to uh, revert to their very sharp teeth and um, tear up panniers or backpacks to get to the the food inside and that food is anything that smells like food so even toothpaste might be the aim of their um, uh, tearing up your uh, many dollars worth of backpack or panniers just to get to a tube of toothpaste so that was a bit of a realization and that um, that night we used the um, hiker biker lockers to put away our um, food um, sources of food uh, so it was nice and safe for the evening and no raccoons were going to bother us or our food. Day 10 we uh, struck out, I struck out on my own. Um, it was you know um, Jay and, and Emily had things that they wanted to see and I was a bit of a, a third wheel to um, their uh, plan so what we had decided, well, what I decided was that um, I would strike out on my own and we had loose plans of meeting up at an Oregon Coast uh, RV park and um, and I actually um, um, stopped a number of times just to take in sights and sounds and make a, um, a call to my dear wife and, and have a chat. And um, so by the time I got down the coast, this Oregon Coast RV park end up being a good place to pull up and Emily had um, rung ahead and reserved a, a tent spot for herself and, and Jay and but um, also alerted the um, staff to the fact that I might also join them and that I did um, so the RV park was was quite nice it was an opportunity for Emily to do some laundry and um, we had sort of warm showers at our disposal um, at dusk, a guy come around with a um, 
pickup truck and he worked at a local boat building uh, company and he had just off cuts of wood and wanted to know whether we wanted any and so we took a, a pile off him and had a, um, a a nice fire for the evening. It turns out that Jay's a bit of a guitar player but he brought along a ukulele so he pulled out his ukulele and uh, serenaded us with a um, bit of um, music around the campfire which was great. Um, the day 10 was, um, the, was pretty much staying on the coast. However, the, the coast was, um, had mountainous areas pushed right up against it. So we were sort of uphill and down dale on day 10. Um, but there was still lots of good things to see along the coast. Um, even though there was some, um, fair bit of inclines in that day. It was also the um, start of the Oregon dunes and um, uh, I started seeing these pickup trucks with uh, high red flags and didn't sort of work out the hell that was happening but was definitely seeing more and more of them. And then I was seeing pickup truck, trucks drive, um, towing a trailer with a ATV, we'd call it an all-terrain vehicle. Um, we might also call them uh, Polaris or some of the brand names there. And in Australia, when I've seen them, they're very uh, utilitarian uh, vehicles that have got a bit of a tray back and they're used on farms or big properties or gardens, um, you know, um, uh, botanical gardens. And the um, workers or the, the farm owners uh, could load up shovels or uh, fence mending gear in the back of it and, and um, drive... Uh, quite did sedately from one area to another and um, get up um, rough terrain in these vehicles to um, to get to a site to do some work. However, there's a recreational use of these as well and they're very different looking. They're pretty souped up. They're pretty smick looking. Um, they've got full media units in them. Uh, you wear uh, helmets because you're really jetting along at a great speed. They've got um, uh, tyres that suit the sand dunes and the, the the game is that you take these um i was talking to one guy about them and he called them a side by side um but you know it's an atv and you you cruise around the dunes uh with these um there was also um uh, pickup trucks with quad bikes for the same thing and then again they had these big uh tall red flags um hanging off the back so that um when you're coming to a crest you could keep an eye out for other tall red flags to indicate that there was another vehicle approaching. So that was a bit interesting. And um, I, as I said, I, I did pull up and um, crawl all over one of these um, side-by-sides. Um, and as I was talking to a guy on the highway that was um, checking the strapping of his in his trailer. Um, end of day 10, we got to... Where did we get to? Oh yeah, that was, sorry, the RV park. Day 11, I, again, I struck off on my own. Um, there was a bridge that we were uh, quite worried about because it was a long bridge and um, it had a, it sloped up from one side to the other to a peak, uh, which meant that you were very slowly going up the um, the bridge. So, you know, seven kilometers an hour or something like that, whereas the rest of the uh, traffic wanted to go 50 plus uh, mile an hour. So um, 
um, the there's a number of bridges that I've come across in the Oregon coast and, and Washington in that they do have a pedestrian section on the side of the bridge which doesn't tend to be overly wide and on the road side of the pedestrian it doesn't have any barrier and what's more is that the the height of these uh, pedestrian um, section is is elevated above the road and it might be elevated by you know, 35 centimeters or something like that so it's a, a quite a, a steep and tall drop off from the pedestrian to the uh, roadway so the um, anxiety comes in in that the pedestrian section is only a bit over a meter wide my bike and panniers with its panniers is is probably a bit of, um yes um maybe 700 mil 700 to 800 mil wide um so there's not a lot of space from the you know the barrier on the um, side of the bridge to the um uh end of the pedestrian section so if you did um, you know, strike the, the side barrier and, or got a bit wobbly at going at slow speed. And if your front wheel did go off this 35 centimeter drop, you would then fall onto the roadway and, and you know, best case scenario, you just fall on the roadway and you keep upright. However, it's quite likely that you'll, the bike will collapse um, onto the ground. And again, best case scenario, there's no traffic um, that, um, you collide with however um, these roads are somewhat busy so there is a, a chance that if you did fall off the pedestrian section that you would be struck by oncoming traffic so there, there is a level of anxiety around um, traveling on these bridges and this one was a particularly long bridge and um, the recommendation was that you if you chose to be on the road you pushed a button and the um, the cars would theoretically slow down to 30 mile an hour. However, it still could create a bit of congestion, a bit of angst with the um, the motorist because it's such a long section of bridge and it's all uphill and I'd be going pretty slowly. So I chose to walk the bike on the uphill section of the bridge and then uh, ride across the, 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 the flat section of the top of the bridge and then pretty much just coast with uh, one foot on the pedal and not sitting on the seat itself having a, a lower center of gravity to um, not being on the seat but then also uh, being able to if I did get any wobbles arrest the situation and be ready to put my feet down quite quickly so um, yes we got across that bridge and um, uh, also I, I got across that bridge and um, quite safely and sort of developed a technique going forward if I was to come across similar uh, bridges going um, as I get further and further south. But um, um, Emily had done some research again and, and come up with uh, Mum's Kitchen was a great diner on the other side of this um, bridge, which um, in a town called North Bend. Um, you, there was an alternative route that you'd um, bypass the bridge, but it added a good you know, 20 plus kilometres uh, to the trip. And you'd also mess, missed out on a certain section of the coast directly after North Bend. So I um, as I said, I girded my loins and, and went over the bridge. Um, that night, 
met up again with um, Jay and Emily at Bullard's Beach, uh, the hiker biker. Um, this one was nicely set up. The um, $7 a night, American dollars. Um, the lockers actually had uh, live sort of USB connections, so you could plug in phones and um, power banks and, and uh, um, Bluetooth speakers, etc., and charge them up. The it was a relatively close by um, toilets, or they call them bathrooms, um, and it was heated. It was super heated. So I actually uh, went to the shower area, which was a, a different section, and as part of having a shower, I also washed uh, some of my clothes and socks, and um, then later on, I took them to the uh, heated room, uh, the heated bathroom, and um, let them dry there for a bit, but also use the uh, hand heat uh, dryer to actually um, uh, push a lot of the um, moisture out of the clothing. But as I said, left them in the actual bathroom to dry a little bit further. So that worked a bit of a treat. Um, d uh, day 11, yeah, uh, the uh, Bullard's Beach Hiker Biker went well. Um, left the Emily and Jay the next morning. They um, tend to have a, a slower start to the day and, and have a couple of cup of coffees and um, try to get their gear together and they like the sun to be up and dry some of their moisture off the tent uh, before packing it away. So as a result, they, they do um, strike off a bit later than my good self. Um, and there was no um, sort of plan to catch up with Emily and, and Jay on day 12 because they were going to do a shorter day and um, heading for Humbug Mountain Whereas I was going to, I'd actually planned a longer day, uh, was planning to do maybe about 130 kilometres, which would put me well past Humbug Mountain. Um, however, no sooner I set it off than I come across a or another cyclist caught up with me. Her name was Fiona. She was from uh, Switzerland. She had a, um, a nice road bike that um, was, was only seven, eight kilograms, and she had a small amount of gear. So she was... The, um, the contemporary bike packing uh, setup. So um, a minimal uh, handlebar bag and um, had um, uh, a rear rack that couldn't take too much weight. It was a, a lightweight rear rack. And she had a couple of um, very small panniers and um, uh, dry bags strapped to the um, rear rack. And that was about it. She described that she had just two um, changes of clothes um, and minimal uh, camping gear and minimal uh, cooking gear. So she was doing a lot of um, her uh, meals store-bought, um, but also she did have a small amount of gear where she, um, cooking gear where she could pull up at a, um, a store and just grab some stuff for an evening meal or a, a lunchtime meal and be able to apply heat to it or you know boil water and add boiling water to it. But she was super interesting to chat with, and we, um, uh, I slowed down my cadence, and she very much slowed down her cadence, um, and um, we rode together and swapped stories and about homelands and, and um, our experiences in the US so far. Um, we took lunch together at um, a place um, north of Gold Beach, and I can't remember the, the name of the place, however, the... Um, the destination for Fiona and myself after um, slowing down and ex 
um, taking a full hour for lunch. I only thought I was going to get as far as Gold Beach. But after lunch, Emily, sorry, Fiona, zoomed off ahead and um, she was doing sort of 20 kilometres an hour quite easily, whereas I was doing 15, 16 kilometres an hour on average. So she sort of zoomed ahead and she would she was taking lodgings at um, Gold Bay and then having an admin day the next day, which is... Um, which was yesterday, yeah. Um, and I got to uh, Gold Bay, and I was um, had a look at an RV um, place to camp for the night. However, they were charging thirty five dollars for a um, a tent site, which was quite expensive after paying just seven dollars for a spectacular um, campsite. So I ended up pushing on just south of Gold Bay and. And found a spot that um, was just in the the forest off the the highway. Um, ended up doing the job quite nicely. Um, had a lot of stops during that day twelve as well as meeting Fiona. So it, it didn't end up being that big of a, a day. Um, I will at a later stage talk about um, a lot of signs that I see around um, the people's properties around not trespassing and private property, etc. But um, I'll address that in a, another uh, podcast because um, we're up to 21 minutes and um, I'm sort of finished day 12, but I do have to talk a bit, a little bit about day 13 and then I'm done. So day 13, uh, while camping at Gold City or south of Gold City, I um, got up quite early, packed up and was on the road um, so that I wasn't easily discovered by um, people going about their morning routine, getting to work, etc., um, and headed off to Crescent City. As part of that, I crossed into the, um, crossed the state line to California, and so now, start of day 14, I'm actually in California at a place called Crescent City, and I spoke to one of the locals here, and they said it's not actually really a city, it's just a big town, but the name of it is Crescent City. So maybe they've got the um the founders of this the um town had aspirations. Um started to see some redwoods as I entered the um California. My plan for today is only about seventy kilometers and I do have to get on the road before too long and I'm going to aim for a campgrounds that is amongst the, the redwoods and be able to hopefully have some afternoon walking around the redwoods, but if not I'll do a slow start tomorrow and um, be able to enjoy some of the, the nature around the uh, redwoods. Um, I had planned to try and uh, link up with a warm showers host here in Crescent City. However, um, I put out a couple of messages. Admittedly, didn't give uh, her a lot of uh, warning. It was like two and a half hours or something beforehand. But um, uh, by the time she got back to me, I'd already taken lodgings at a motel and she was, um, she humbly apologised and uh, promoted the idea that she'd recently swapped phones and, and whereas her last phone would ding, give her a notification when a um, warm shower email come in, she was having um, difficulty getting that notification working and she missed my two messages, so no big deal. When I had a, um, a wonderful Mexican meal last night at a Mexican restaurant that was close by, uh, I do like a, a dark beer, and the Medela Negra um, is a, a quite fine uh, dark beer. 
and to accompany a Mexican meal and also had a tequila to finish it off. So I was a bit chatty with the um, the guy that owned the place and um, getting his advice and recommendations on uh, high-protein food and tasty food and um, you know, iconic Mexican food. So he promoted a specific main dish. Um, but then um, they had a, a range of, I don't know, 12 or so different tequilas, and he spoke through what uh, was available and what... Um, uh, amount of smokiness it actually had. So I went for a, a midway that ended up being uh, a bit sweet, which was almost like a, a nice dessert liqueur. Um, yeah, so it was a, a good evening. So far I've done about 1,200 kilometres, um, still about 200 kilometres ahead of schedule. So I, I can afford to have some rest days and some shorter days and um, not um, find myself falling short and um, having to get a bus or a train to meet my um, uh, plans or schedules. Um, so yeah, it's all going very well. But I will leave you to it. I'll um, pack this gear up and get onto the road and I will be more dutiful going forward and uh, make sure I keep you up to date with the um, trials and tribulations of Sean's PCBR um, on a nightly or at least two nightly uh, cadence. Till then. So won't you go